0: Hi, everyone. I'm Daniel H. Gillison, Jr., CEO of NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And you are here for our podcast, Hope Starts With Us.
1: And I'm Alessandra Torrasani, mental health advocate, NAMI ambassador, a critically acclaimed actor. I did not write that, but I will totally take that right now. (laughs) You may know me from shows like Big Bang Theory, Two and a Half Men, Caprica, Workaholics, Lucifer. And I am here not only as an ambassador and someone who lives with bipolar one disorder, but for my own podcast, Emotional Support.
0: And we're doing something special this week. We're doing a double drop on both Nami's podcast and Alexandra's podcast. uh, So you can tune in to hear our conversation on either platform.
1: And today, Dan will be asking me questions about maternal mental health and bipolar disorder. We hope this episode helps in continuing to educate the public, break the stigma, and let anyone else out there going through something similar know you are not alone.
0: You know, so as I start this (laughs) <laughs> Alexandra, I want to say this that when you say critically, you know, acclaimed you can call actor, me.
1: You can just call me Al. Everyone calls me Al. That's the easiest. Well, Al, everyone calls yeah. me Dan. So I'm go. just Dan. But Al, just go with Al. It's easier.
0: Uh, we're, we, we, we just want to start by thanking you so very much for taking your time to be here. Uh, you are a very acclaimed actor, as mm-hmm. some of the credits that you shared with us, and you only shared some. So we, we know how busy you are, and we're just so appreciative that you would use your platform and lend your talent to us for our platform. So thank you to, uh, for being a part of this, this conversation. So as I begin, let me set this up a little bit. Yeah, Moms face so much pressure on a day-to-day basis at every stage of motherhood, even during pregnancy. It can be even more difficult for moms who are already facing mental health challenges, which is something you've spoken about openly. As someone living with bipolar disorder, you've talked about your own internal struggle of wanting to keep yourself safe by taking medication, but also wanting to keep your baby safe during the course of your pregnancy, which might have required you to stop taking medication. Can you talk more about what that felt like and was with our audience? And how did you wrestle with these conflicting feelings?
1: Sure. Well, I'm so happy to be talking about this subject because this was something that was very hard for me to figure out what I wanted to do. I wanted to obviously do the safest thing for my baby and the safest thing for me. And, you know, you, I always use the example of when we're on an airplane, you got to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you take care of anyone next to you. Right. So, but this was a, a different situation because when you're, First pregnant, you hear all these things. Oh my gosh, you can't have an Advil. You can't have a Pepto-Bismol. That will kill your baby. All these really, really scary things are just thrown on you within the first couple weeks of when you find out you're pregnant. And I knew that the medication that I was on, that there were a few side effects and I did the risk versus reward. And I thought, what is the best possible thing that I can do? For me, I decided to wean off my medication before I got pregnant and made sure that I had a team of doctors, a team of individuals with me that were constantly watching and monitoring me to make sure that even though I was off the medication that I still felt like I was on the right track, that I was safe. And the biggest, you know, issue that I feel like I I want to talk about so push it to the world is that, you know, we need to have more communication with the doctors and the scientists. And yes, there may be a 0.01% that something may happen with the medication, but that's very scary for a pregnant woman to hear any percentage that something might happen to your baby. Because guess what? If it happens to your baby, that's something that you live with for the rest of your life and that you may regret for the rest of your life. So the statistic may be low, but to, to a mom, to someone who's pregnant, Going through it, it's very high. So I just challenge the doctors out there and the scientists to do the work, to do the test, to make sure that it's a hundred percent safe, the best possible way that we can to make sure that we can take care of our mamas and we can take care of the babies.
0: Thank you, Al. And as you spoke about that, I want to ask you if you could reflect back for a moment and look at what you know now. And, mm-hmm. and and based off what you know now, would you have done anything differently? And if so, what would that have been?
1: Um, I don't think that I would have done anything differently because it's one of those things where it is where it is, you know, and I'm very happy with the choice that I made. Because for me, the 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 when I weighed my options out, let's say uh, I felt I was in a place and a state of mind where I had been dealing with my mental illness for 15 years and that I was lucky enough and could afford the right doctors and the right specialists to be around me to monitor me. Um, But not a lot of women have that opportunity, have those finances. I mean, it was so expensive, Dan, to make sure that I had all the specialists around me. And I was very blessed in that situation other moms are not. Um, and I'm very well aware of that. It is so expensive to be able to take care of your mental health and and then add a baby on top of it. Um, so, you know, I think that what I recommend to every mom out there is you do the, the you know, a self-analysis, you know, If that means, you know, a lot of moms will get off their medication and then get back on their medication and choose not to breastfeed and say, you know what, I'm going to formula feed because you know what, fed is best. And if I can get back on my medication afterwards, after I deliver, then I'm going to do that. That's the best thing. So there's different things that you can, you know, choose of what am I going to do in this situation? And you really have to do the own personal choice of how can you, you know, take that that risk and, and decide on your own. It's the pros and cons for yourself.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that and, and and doing the best for yourself. And also what you shared about the doctors and the scientists in terms of what they need to bring to the table yeah. and being yeah, a part of this collective is very important. So thank you for sharing that. Um, as, as I started out saying, uh, there's so much pressure on moms in general. I can imagine that it's hard to balance your own mental health when many often... Uh, feel so much, many times you often feel so much pressure to prioritize and care for the rest of your family's well-being above your own. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you manage that? Um, and what advice do you have for other moms? I mean, moms are uh, breadwinners. Moms are navigating, uh, you know, the, the, the rest of the family and the whole system, sure. and, and they're expected to stand everything up for everyone else. Yes. So what, what 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 advice would you have?
1: Take a deep breath. That would be the first thing that I would say is because it is a roller coaster ride. And whether you have one kid, two kids, three kids, sometimes your husband or your partner feels like a kid at times to you and you just get so overwhelmed by having to take care of everyone. I think the best thing that I learned is I take that moment and I just breathe. Um, I find a way to, um, I'm a big believer in meditation so, and, and breath work. So I find that moment to, to take a second. But I think the biggest thing we can do is find a support system and whether that is family members, whether that's friends, whether that's a support system that you can reach out to um, even on the Internet, just taking an hour to yourself to really t- take that take that break. We all need a break where especially moms, I think, are living on such a high frequency that they're constantly going, 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 going that literally a bath for me is, is all that it takes for me to reset my mind and, and focus and be like, you know what? I, I, can, I can breathe through this. It's going to be okay. But I think the number one thing that you can do as a mom is find a support system, whether that be a family member, a friend, or if it's a stranger on the internet that is part of a, you know, a self-help group, um, that is the best support that you can have is for yourself to stay strong.
0: No, um, Al, you've just, you've talked about some things that are a part of our mantra. We say uh, nothing about us without us. We also say you are not alone.
1: So that you
0: are not alone is a part of what you just talked about in regards to a support system. Don't Mm -hmm. navigate this by yourself. Become a part of a support system. And you also said, take a moment and breathe and Mm -hmm. take a break. Uh, And we we, we talk about the treadmill. Sometimes you need to get off of the treadmill and just breathe. So uh, you you know that it's so important what you've shared. And you've also also spoken very openly about your own journey with bipolar mm-hmm. disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk to us about that? What has your personal journey been like? What was it like to receive a diagnosis? And do you feel like there are particular stigmas associated with bipolar disorder?
1: Absolutely. I still feel like there are stigmas that are associated with bipolar disorder which is wild because we live in a world now where we're all, you know, we're all going through something. We all went through as a world through the pandemic, a mental health crisis, and yet it's still looked down upon. And yet it's still shamed. Um, You know, with my journey, I, I, I'm now almost 36 years old. I found out that I was living with bipolar disorder when I was around 2021, And for me, I had been on so many different types of medications, seen so many doctors. No one could pinpoint exactly what the problem was. So when I got my diagnosis, unlike a lot of people, I was happy. It felt like I could take a deep breath. It felt like I could relax my shoulders because for the first time, I I could identify an issue and that I knew that there was medication, that there were were doctors, there were specialists, there were therapists, there were people that could help me through this now that we identified it. Um, It was very hard living with bipolar disorder, being pregnant, because in the second trimester, I was told from moms in my life and from reading, you know, articles and hearing podcasts and whatnot. Oh, the second trimester is the best. It's when you giggle. Everything's so exciting. You have so much energy. And for me, that was actually the worst. That's when my highs were higher and my lows were lower and the mania came on. And it was really scary because I didn't feel like I was in quote unquote unquote, normal. And I had felt quite normal. Like this is what a normal woman does. They have a baby like this feels good. And so when I felt out of whack, the only place that I found comfort were in places like Reddit and, 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 you know, um, I would say like TikTok finding moms through the algorithm that maybe we're living with mental illness that, that, you know, we're afraid to talk to other people specialist doctors about it at first because it's scary. You don't want someone to take away your baby. You don't want someone to say you're an unfit mom. Um, And that's something that a lot of people with not only bipolar disorder, but mental illness in general struggle with because they're afraid like, but I need to be perfect. I need to be good for this baby. You know, my brain needs to function. It needs to be fine. And I think what we need to do is come together and say, it is okay if your brain is feeling this way. It is not you as a mom. It is how, your hormones are reacting to the chemical imbalances. Like this is not speaking to to your heart and soul. And I think that that's where people get a little, and they get very, not a little, they get very judgmental. And I found a lot of people on social media as I started speaking about being bipolar and living with pregnant and living with bipolar disorder and being pregnant, a lot of people were very judgmental of you're too crazy. You shouldn't have the right to have a child. And these were strangers on the internet and there's always going to be bullies. But, you know, when you're in a vulnerable state and you hear something like that and you are open and sharing It's very hard to to take that, you know, over and over and over again. And so I just want to share with those who are living with bipolar disorder. You are not alone. You should not be shamed for it. So many more people in the world live with bipolar disorder than you can even imagine. Um, And, you know, we can get through it together as long as you you, you're ready to share your story, share your story.
0: Alexandra, I have to say to you that what you're sharing is so critically important and we're so appreciative of it. How did your family and friends, you mentioned that when you learned of your diagnosis, you actually said you were happy, you were relieved and because you now knew um, how, what, what was that like as you shared it with family?
1: Oh, you know, it was interesting because my mom is my best friend. So she was along the journey the whole time of being the one who was trying to find, hypnotherapist, regular therapist, you know, cognitive behavior therapy. She was doing everything she could to try to find find the, the, the person that was going to be the miracle help. Um, but being able to share it with my family, I think that they were so relieved as well because they knew that I had been struggling for so long and no one could identify what the problem was. And, you know, when I was really at my worst, I would say it was when I was around 15 and people would say, oh, chalk it up to being, oh, she's just hormonal. She's going through puberty. Like that's all it is. So, you know, when family started hearing that and what I think another kind of awesome blessing is, is once I started talking about my mental illness, other family members actually were diagnosed with bipolar disorder, with Asperger's, with autism. There were other sorts of mental illnesses that were coming to light because people were, you know, in my family, they were going, well, I had never felt. Like, this was right. This feels interesting. And just hearing my podcast, hearing certain things, they're like, oh, that person sounds like they're going through what I'm going through. So- Our family is now this like, you know, beautiful, um, you know, soup of mental illness in the most beautiful way possible. (laughs) But we, you know, we're now so open about it. You know, we're, we're too open about it sometimes. Um, But it's, it's been nice to know that I'm not alone with even within my own family, even that that's, that was being the first person to kind of like push through it. And then hearing all these other stories that are, that are coming to light years later.
0: You know, you, you're you're such a leader uh, and a champion, a uh, oh. champion for change, a champion for uh, uh, anti-stigma, and 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 a champion for uh, you know uh, what we can do with. Um, right. And 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 this is just such a wonderful conversation. We also know that it takes 11 years between when a young person first has the symptoms to when they get treatment so for a 14 year old they may uh, might start experiencing symptoms then sure. and their treatment doesn't start happening until they're 25 so that that there's something there in terms of what you just shared and it's so cool that your mom is your best friend and i can imagine that as you were anxious sometimes she was there to support you so that, that is wonderful that is wonderful and um i also heard inside of what you were saying about the social media and reddit and some of the other uh, platforms is uh, don't bend to the peer pressure uh, no. and, and 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 step up and that's why support groups are so important so oh it's yeah. so
1: important because just hearing someone's story even if it's not exactly like yours there's enough of a similarity there where you're going to be able to take something and maybe someone there were a lot of women that I you know had heard speak about who were living with mental illness some who didn't discover they were living with mental illness until they were pregnant as well, but hearing certain tips and tricks that they did or that they were able to get through it and they're here thriving and they have a beautiful baby, you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's something that, that was inspiring and, and encouraged me to want to share my story even more because I thought if I could help one person that, that was all that I needed to do.
0: So I want to ask you a question. It's not in the script, but I'm going okay. to ask it because I am a father and I have a daughter who's 36. Aww. What is it that a father needs to do uh, as he's navigating this space and helping his uh, loved one? Uh, if, oh, my if God. His loved one is is in this situation. Uh, you know, in, in in our generation, we grew up a certain way. We navigate things a certain way. We read things a certain way in, 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 in our world where we know that we want to be both. And what mm-hmm. would you say to fathers, uh, uh, yeah. uh that, that, that are in this space and, and they want to do better? What would well, you, Dan,
1: I'm like tearing up right now because it's so sweet because I just think that that's so wonderful that you're even asking. And I think that that is the number one thing, uh, I don't have a relationship with my father. So for me, just hearing you say that is like, oh my God, how wonderful is that? Like how blessed is your daughter? That's so incredible. I think that just asking, how are you really, Um, whether your daughter or your, or if you had a son, you know, your child, whether they're pregnant not pregnant, just dealing with their mental health, just dealing with life. I think just the simple question of "How are you?" really, really asking them, you know, just to know that someone cares enough to see how you're doing, to feel how you're doing. I think is the most important thing. But when you're navigating specifically, I feel like you know, with with a woman that's pregnant, I think there, there's something in sharing space without even you know, being, you know, all, I don't know the word exactly, but being like a helicopter parent, you know what I mean? Like the, the best moments that I had with my mom and with my family was when they just sat there with me, like just being there, just feeling their energy. Um, and, you know, if there's those who are in different states or whatever, just a FaceTime just, you know, if you're having a tough day, if you're pregnant and you're hormonal, just knowing that someone is there, just sharing space with you, I think is so important. And you just feel that that love, even if it's across from the phone, like there's just so much love there. But I, I Dan, just asking the question, you know, what can I do? That is just, it warms my heart because I think that that's so wonderful. If you can have a parent like you, that's just so, so beautiful.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. And I would tell you that, Uh, What you talked about in terms of uh, we say that we are a collective, that we are a community, and that's what this is all about, is that collective and that community. People need community and uh, they need to be a part of a collective. You mentioned um, uh, asking someone, how are you really doing? And, you know, we have a book, You're Not Alone, the NAMI Guide to Navigating Mental Health. And at the same time, what we tell people is if you take the time that you to ask someone how they're doing, that means you care about them. So take the time that when they give you the cosmetic answer, then say, OK, now tell me, how are you really doing? Let's get past the cover of the book and get into the table of contents and the chapters. Yep. How are you really doing? So thank you for that. That that, that was profound. So I would also you know, love I'm to like,
1: share one more thing that that please. that happened to me with with pregnancy, which I really loved afterwards. I had a a really rough time postpartum. And one Mm -hmm. thing that someone had always recommended asking is asking a mom who's maybe a new mom who had just given birth or a couple weeks, how are you doing? Because everyone always asks like, oh, how's the baby doing? Is everything okay? Like, oh my God, well, healthy baby. But, but then say, you know, you can always ask that, but then say, but how are you doing? Are you okay? Are you emotionally okay? Are you physically okay? Is there anything we can do to help you? Because I know that, you know, like on a baby shower, right? There's the registry of all the things for the baby, but there's never anything for mama. You know, there's never any, Postnatal care. There's never, you know, w- whatever it may be. There's no care for for the mom. So, you know, always ask a mom, you know, how they're doing if they need anything too, because they might need something.
0: That that is that is su- such a good thing. So, um, um, we're we're now um, out at the end of the podcast, and wanted to this is the last section, and I wanted to ask you something and set it up like this. The world can be a difficult place, and sometimes. It can be hard to hold on to hope. Uh, uh, That's why each week we dedicate the last couple of minutes of our podcast to a special section called Hold On To Hope. Um, And we'd like to ask you, what helps you hold on to hope?
1: (sighs) What helps me hold on to hope? Um, Looking in my daughter's eyes something I never thought I would experience. Honestly, I didn't know if I was going to be able to conceive. I didn't know if I was able to, you know, be a mom living with mental illness. And so when I look in her eyes, i I just see so much hope for the future and hope that, by me overly sharing my story all the time to her and her you know she meets all these people in her life that are all in the mental health world i i hope that she takes a little bit from this and and learns that she's not alone and that there's always a community and there's always going to be there people there for her for her emotional well-being
0: that is incredible and you know it's it's so cool that she has you as her role model I hope so. so yeah. Dan, <laughs> Dan, can is, is I is ask you one final
1: thing? question too, that I always you, you, ask my yes, audience? you can ask
0: me anything you would okay. like.
1: Okay. So the question I always ask my, my, um, guess is what is your emotional support?
0: Hmm. My, my first and foremost is my best friend and my wife of 41 years is my oh. emotional support. Um, she's my ride or die. And, um, um, that's my emotional support. And then from the standpoint of um, how I manage uh, some of my mental uh, um, challenges, if you will, is every now and then I, I go out and uh, I have a group of friends that uh, it's it's about community. So I try to go out and play golf uh, with them on Saturdays. I don't care where the ball goes. It's, it's about it's about uh, uh, being being with some friends uh, mm-hmm. that um, I can be myself with and I can say whatever and um, they won't. They're, they're not judgmental. Um, yeah. And it's just therapy. When I get done, I, I feel whole. So it's that. And it's it's my best friend uh, and my and my wife.
1: Oh, I love that. you feel whole and then hopefully you get a hole in one.
0: <laughs> oh, <hey. laughs> one day, one day, one day. Thank you, Al. Yes, that would be that would be wonderful. But uh, uh, yeah, but it, that's that's uh, and then um, I'll um, yeah, and the most important word in the English language for me is dad. When I hear dad, I melt. And I'm, uh, our children are both adults, but oh. um, you wouldn't know it when when they say the word dad because that's when everything stops. Yeah, um, and and the world becomes. Uh, very small for me because I'm very focused on whatever comes after that word day. Sure. So that's oh, it. Oh I me. love.
1: Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So um, thank you for asking that. So oh, as we close out, is there anything you'd like the audience to know or to, to, to remember going forward? I love what you shared about, hey, ask about the mom mm-hmm. and, and, and do something for the mom. You know, everyone thinks about that newborn. And, oh, my goodness. Uh, right. So there's some nuggets inside of that. Yes. You also talked about just sitting down and in and, and community. Are there any other nuggets that you'd like to share as we close out?
1: Yeah, I would just say, you know, just always ask how the mom is doing. And, you know, for those moms that are out there that maybe feel alone right now and maybe don't have, you know, a community, of family around or friends and maybe feel super isolated, as, you know, if you keep Googling, you know, for looking up, um, you know, resources on NAMI, if you're looking up, you know, maternal mental health, there are many, many, many communities that are out there and you have to like, you know, dig deep. I found a bunch of them. They're on my website for emotional support pod.com. And, you know, if you want any help of learning how to belly bind, eat your placenta, all these wild and crazy things that I tried for my own mental wellness, um, through my pregnancy journey, come to the podcast and listen. I have some incredible, incredible interviews, um, with some really interesting folks that, that, um, you know, I had never heard of before that helped me with postpartum depression, um, and, you know, mood and anxiety disorders afterwards. Um, some great people at some incredible hospitals and organizations. So come on over, join the emotional support club and we can figure it out.
0: This is fantastic and thank you for sharing those resources because we don't want anyone navigating it by themselves. They don't have to and, no. and take advantage of the resources that are available. That's so right. thank you for sharing that. And you know, as we as we close, let me just say this has been Hope Starts With Us, a podcast by NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. If you are looking for mental health resources, you you are not alone. To connect with the NAMI helpline and find local resources, visit nami.org forward slash help, text helpline to 62640 or dial 800-950-6264 or NAMI. Or if you are experiencing an immediate suicide, substance use, or mental health crisis, please call or text 988 to speak with a trained support specialist or visit 988lifeline.org. We so thank you for being here. And we hope that you get so much out of our shared podcast.
1: Thanks, Dan.